Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Professor X to my Magneto. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? I'm telepathically making Eric say something. All right, our very own Wolverine. That's right, it's Eric Ronham. I should have made Kevin Wolverine, because he's like... Short and re- regenerate. <laughs> well, his knee, but his knee, but your knees are never regenerating. Eric, how are you doing? Well, I'm like the Hugh Jackman Wolverine. I'm too tall. I'm over six foot. Um, and and uh, <laughs> and uh, definitely married. All right, Hugh Jackman. Uh, yeah. Okay. The Seahawks hired about a million coaches between the la- uh, the last time we talked and uh and today so we're gonna just kind of rapid fire go over these coaches tell tell you kind of how we how do we feel about it what do we what do we think of the uh the hires of the seahawks uh coaching staff so obviously they that mike 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 mcdaniel is or mike mcdonald sorry is the is the head coach here we go assistant let's <laughs> go assistant, be a thing. <laughs> assistant assistant head coach leslie frazier eric what do you think i like it uh i feel like a rookie head coach could use some guidance and I like we're so excited about this hire, but everything is like too perfect. So it's either going to be perfect or it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> and it would, it's I feel like Leslie Frazier is a comforting force on this team, on this coaching yeah. staff. Kevin, what do you think? How do you feel about Leslie Frazier as the AHC? Everybody needs a tater. And uh, Leslie Frazier played like a mentor role for him early when he was with uh, the Ravens. He's been a very effective defensive coach um, in a lot of places, including his last stop with Buffalo. I think he's a good addition for the DB's room. I think he's a good addition for a guy who's been a head coach before. Like, I I do think he's a strong addition to the staff. I feel like they built like this pretty, pretty young staff. Obviously, there'll be one notable guy who's a little bit older later um but even he's not super old for an nfl coach you needed like a like an <clears throat> like an old head a in, the, in the veteran in the room yeah who's just gonna and then everyone predicted he's our danny it glover be, it would be offensive coordinator uh we'd, he we'd, we'd hire a uh, frank reich and i was just like please god no don't hire frank <laughs> reich and this is so much better it's so much better leslie frazier is a vibes is a vibes champion. He's really good. He's made secondaries continually overperform expectations wherever he's gone, whether it's the Vikings or the Bills. He secondaries do great under his tutelage. Uh, I like with, it a lot better than Frank Reich too, but Frank Reich wouldn't have been a nightmare to me. I don't. I hate I Frank wouldn't Reich. Have, I know. <laughs> I just think it's so funny because I'm like, I'd have been like, all right, I guess that works. But the only. Okay, so when we're I like Leslie Frazier a lot more. Don't get me in wrong. the disc as the as the old guy uh, as the resident old guy. The okay <laughs> between between the thing other thing too about Leslie Frazier is no one's going to try to hire him as head coach at this point. He's too old and he's like already had his his time. And I just don't think he wants it anymore. He just like I just don't think he's that interested. Yeah, he can spagnola for us a little bit. He's he's here to he's here to like champion the vibes, make good money to be like the 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 adult in the room when when needed. And I think that super super works. Uh, Frank Reich, the only hire that could have been worse for OC for me than that is Chip Kelly. I I went on like a like a one hour bender in the Discord about just how much I hate Chip Kelly, and I think like people didn't understand like how bad I think his offense is. But well, Ohio State will see next year, I guess. Okay, <laughs> he, he he quit his head coaching job for a college offensive coordinator job, which is certainly that's how much he didn't want to recruit. <laughs> yeah, he was like done with NIL. Uh, okay. 
Let's go to speaking of offense. Let's go to the offense. Our offensive coordinator will be UW offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb. And since this one, I feel like it's a little more X's and O's based. Kevin, start us off. Uh, what do you think about the Ryan Grubb offensive from what you've seen so far? Uh, I think it's a very modern offense. It's a lot of uh, pre-stat motions uh, to rearrange receivers and give quarterbacks a read on what the a pressure situation is going to look like. A lot of is an understatement. They basically motion a guy on every single play. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Uh, McVay blushes when he sees the amount of pre-stat motion in this offense. Do we need to keep going with this? I can every 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 single play, every single play in their playbook starts with Jet Jet Z. It's like it's like a (laughs) it's like a oh okay they're they're just gonna Jet Z Spider Y Banana. Got it. Yeah, that was for York. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, A lot of vertical and nine routes mixed in with the um, mixed in with screens and a heavy use of short game uh, like quick pass game. Um, as a supplement to run, one thing I really liked was when we were playing against teams that were pretty stout against the run. Sorry, when UW was playing against teams that were really stout against the run, um, and don't put me in it. Will be, <laughs> I, the Royal We, um, I, when the offense is facing those types of fronts, uh, they'll use the quick game to supplement the run game. So you'll see a lot of like three step slants, um, or three yard slants. You'll see a lot of in breaking routes, a lot of drag routes. Um, these quick passing concepts that uh, kind of give you that early downs benefit that uh, that a quick run will give you. Um, when we were fa- uh, when they were facing teams that uh, had like a weak front against the run, like USC or Colorado, they would just run it straight into their mouth and just beat them up the whole time. And so, seeing that flexibility and the interchangeability of an offensive coordinator that knows what he wants from the play. Um, was refreshing like it wasn't just a paint by numbers it was really a like this is situationally what we want to do uh the the thing for me ryan grubb uh, i love like the way he uses offensive linemen guys guys are always moving he'll pull the tackle and the guard to kind of to kind of really like see off the edge and then assume that the you know because we i said it before unless that guy's superman he's not going to make it so you gotta he's a long time a line coach too you can be a really – he's really aggressive. And he brought his O-line coach, Scott Huff, with him. And Scott Huff mm-hmm. has, has gained a really big reputation as a great offensive line teacher, which is something I think we need. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we we kind of continually just kind of get what the get what we get out of our offensive linemen. And I think these guys will get more out of our offensive linemen than what we had before. Um, it, it's a, Like you said, Kevin, one thing I like is that there's always deep routes mixed in with short routes so that the quarterback always has an option – to uh, really hammer hammer the defense deep if that's what they give them. So <clears throat> I really appreciate that. I think that's a really good hire. Um, Eric, do you have any more thoughts about uh, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Grubb? I kept saying Kalen Grubb to people who were asking me around the office. <laughs> Kalen, I, Kalen DeGrubb. <laughs> yeah, because I don't I don't follow. Even good though I watch a lot of UW this year, I can't I can speak to him. Like you said, lots of motion, which I think with Pete Carroll, we kind of had a an issue with people kind of always knowing what we were going to do. Um, I feel like a lot of people think that he might just – so he's just going to throw it deep all the time, right? It's like, no, this is a guy who still is going to know how to run the football. Um, this is also the guy that I thought we were definitely going to hire, and then he was going to Alabama. And it just proves that um, if I say this is the guy we're going to hire, uh, eventually I'm going to be right. So I'm going to use stick that with every argument this year. I went, I went three, I went three for three and overconfident predictions of coach, coach. <laughs> so I think, I think just like, just go with it. Just be like, like I said, grubs the guy like immediately. And then, and just turned out to be true. Um, so yeah, the, the, uh, 
Grub thing is it's it's really good. Like I think it's a super good hire. The, another thing I like about it is that he has no head coaching experience and has never really gotten super close to a head coaching job. And I do think that we get at least two years out of him, even if yeah. this first year is really good. Um, he probably will will probably get one more year before he starts. You to can't get poach him right away. Yeah, it, it'll take time. Then they have the succession plan in place. They hired off uh, passing game coordinator Jake Peets from the L.A. Rams. This is like a rising coordinator. Uh, that that everyone's kind of hype hyping up a little bit. It's the perfect guy to to bring in, I think, to um to do it. Like he got offered Nebraska's OC job, which you might say, like, oh, Nebraska's OC job. Like, who cares? But I mean, Nebraska has one of the premier coaching head coaches in in NCAA football, even if they're not like amazing. They're considered a program on the rise right now too. Yeah, like, they're gonna they're uh, turning they're gonna turn it around quick because they have Matt Rule usually in the second or third year gets his teams into position to compete for big things. Like going to going to run the Matt Rule the Matt Rule offense probably would have been super super good for him in his career. But he decided to stay with the Rams as a pass game specialist and now he's our passing game coordinator. I think this is the succession plan, the internal succession plan. If the offense is good, Pete's is gonna kind of work his way up. Um, he might get hired away before we have a chance to do that as an OC if he, you know, if, if you know, Grubb isn't on that path or whatever. But he's the internal. Okay, the other guys. It also uh, Char- matches our quota of guys named Coach Pete. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Char- <laughs> Charles London, Kennedy Polamalu, Frisman Jackson, Scott Huff. Do any of those guys stand out to either to the of you guys, um, the other offensive hires? I was just going to say Polamalu feels like, I don't know, uh, a fresh face that uh, in our organization – I don't know. It brings a certain amount of toughness that I like to see. Um, not like how you said, I, I how you just said fresh face about a 60 year old, but I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, something about the, the toughness. I feel like, and I brought this up when we correct, correct vibes, right? Correct. Yeah. Vibes. Like when we had Pete, I didn't feel like anything was tough. Like when we had Ken Norton jr, it felt tough until you saw what he did coordinating. <laughs> so fresh, <laughs> Fresh face when I say like this, it fits the vibe and it's it's a different way of when the way we've done things in the past. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm excited. <clears throat> Again, I like that we don't have all young coaches. I like the older guys mixed in as the resident old guy. Some guys that have been in the NFL for a long time that can yep. really help kind of translate some of those things to what it means in the NFL. I think and it's good to have those guys in the room. They're also not, um, they're not privileged. They're not like, well, you know, I've been a head coach before. All the all these guys, like you know, I've done this before, and this is the way it should be done. Like he's just a voice in the room, which is really important. Yeah, and I think like they're trying, they're built, they're built, they built the staff a lot off of vibes. This is not like a um, they they're they're all talented. Don't get me wrong. It's these a big time coaching talented. staff too. Like all these people are. When you talk to people around the league, these are guys that specifically get mentioned as being like good teachers, good explainers of concepts. Um, and that starts with uh, McDonald, that his players uh, on Baltimore and at Michigan talked about how he was really good at relaying the purpose of the concept. The same thing goes through with Grubb when other coaches talk about him. Um, when you listen to Michael Penix talk about what he did for them and how he would explain like the type of leverage that you want on a route or something like that, like receivers would. Um, and that passes all the way through to the uh, to the other assistants. So like. Even retaining Carl Scott says something about someone who has a really good reputation as a teacher of defensive backs. Um, all right, let's go to let's go to defense. Uh, since we're talking defensive backs, Aiden Dirty Durde Dirt. How do you say this? Dirt. Durd. Okay. Um, Durde. I 
you said something in the last one, which I think really speaks to him, which is that teaching uh, dirt has a reputation of being like a guy who's going to teach fundamentals at all three levels, like make sure everyone like does their job, knows their job. Like he's uh, cerebral and understands the game in a really interesting way, especially considering, you know, he uh, he's not freezing. He's from England, right? Like he, he said he, he learned about the NFL, like by watching it on TV, he saw it on TV for the first time and was like, I love this. Um, has worked his way up, which is crazy. He got an NFL diversity coaching fellowship in 2016 with the Falcons and kind of um, he was a coaching intern for the Cowboys. And like he has all these like non He's a leader of the International Pathways program for the NFL, which is, again, very developmental and very scouting based, which I think is a really interesting like lens to bring into a coaching staff. Five, he was the uh, defensive coordinator for the London Warriors for six years. Uh, this guy has worked his way up from like the bottom and he keeps rising because he's good. He's good at what he does. He was a defensive line coach for the last three years of the Cowboys. Their defensive line was good. We all, we all saw it. Micah Parsons uh, kind of took the leap uh, under his tutelage. And I think it's a, it's a good hire. It's a, it's a really solid, um, solid hire should be, should be super fun. Um, it's a good fit with McDaniel because I don't think he's quite ready to like, run his own defense call plays and obviously mcdaniel dude did i do it again no mcd i did do it mcdonald is gonna want to <laughs> i didn't do it again mcdonald is gonna <clears throat> mcdonald is gonna want to call call the plays and control the defense uh, that's why he that's why he got the job right we bought the we bought the mcdonald defense as part of the the thing so it's good he's gonna grow into the position the same way he's grown into every position he's had up to this point and i think that that's that's perfect. It's like a perfect DC candidate in that way. Um, yeah, I really, I really enjoy it. Great teacher. I'm glad you're into that because I read up on him. I didn't really know anything about him, and I read up and I was like, eh, shrug yeah, emoji. It, okay, it's it's hard to know for sure, right? Like, but yeah. the the thing I think that we need as a young team and a team that's gonna I think get even younger this year is we're gonna need him to we're gonna need teachers, and he's a good one. Um, all right, Kevin, take us home with Jay Harbaugh. And I'll just name all the other people, but Carl Scott's back. Uh, Kirk Olavadotti is doing inside linebackers. Devin Fitzsimmons is assistant. The coach. Uh, Wikipedia says Ivan is still the strength and conditioning coach. I certainly hope that's not true. Uh, J- J- Kevin, Jay Harbaugh, tell, t- t- tell me tell me about Jay Harbaugh. Sorry, you just like drove me into a ditch with that one. Um, not after a cover. Uh, so Jay Harbaugh uh, obviously has followed around many other Harbaugh's. Um, he spent a little bit of time at Oregon State uh, to start his coaching career as like a student assistant. Um, uh, and then he's been basically at Michigan or on the Baltimore Ravens staff since. Um, he mostly has gone up through the special teams route, which if you watch the uh, the Jim Harbaugh area, uh, era, the special teams have been interesting um, because it's been kind of mired by special teams mistakes in moments where it could have been a problem. But if you look, the units are always highly ranked. So these um, kind of big situation gaffes are the outlier that's kind of identified his time. Um, If you look at the way that, uh, if you look at the way that his units have generally gone, uh, they've been effective. And uh, it was kind of an interesting thing to see that he came to Seattle instead of going to the chargers because they say that that offer was on the table. I think it's good. You get out of your dad's shadow, right? You like, yeah. you kind of make your own path. People won't think like, oh, this is just Jim Harbaugh's special teams run by Jay Harbaugh. Everyone talks up Jay Harbaugh too, how good he is. So I'm excited to see him. Once again, like you said, Kevin, a lot of our guys have serious hype behind them. 
uh, in a way that is, um, it's exciting. It's exciting to build like the, the, the hype staff as opposed to, it always felt like before we would get the guy <laughs> that like, was like, like Eric made a guy. earlier, like a, we'd get the, eh the guy. emoji. Yeah. yeah. We get like the, Oh, we got Shane. Waldron. Like Shane Waldron is, is he's, he is a coach for, he's the coach for the Rams, I guess. Yeah. I feel like shoddy play. was the ultimate, like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Shoddy was like the, he's an yeah, offensive coordinator on default settings. Like yeah. when you go in to create an offensive coordinator in a football <laughs> game, he's the default settings that pop up. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's uh, let's let's get into now our our primary topic. You ready, you guys? Ready to talk uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers in the NFL draft? Um, why did we Boy, pick these positions to go first? Well, quarterback, I think, is an interesting case, and I'm going to start with you, Eric. Um, quarter quarterbacks. <clears throat> How urgently do you think that this staff now they have publicly said different things, different things about Gino, right? And it does feel like they are only semi-committal to Gino. They did pick up the option, I think mostly because it is like the best mid-level quarterback contract in the NFL by far. Oh, big time. Um, he's probably like the 12th to 15th best quarterback in the NFL, but he is not being paid in a way that most of those guys at that level get paid. Right. So so they they picked it up, but a lot of there's a lot of you know trade rumors and um, look know, at what our, Baker how, Mayfield is expected to get, and that's yeah that's like, how good would you our what the Saints are paying Derek Carr? Would you want? To, oh. Yeah, exactly. Baker Baker <laughs> Baker might get a very similar deal to what Geno is getting, and um, I would much rather have Geno Smith than Baker Mayfield's shredded shoulder. Like that is that is a without a doubt for me. So yeah, like it's. It's a it's it's a good contract than one that they can move to you know one of these teams like Atlanta who doesn't have a pick that might land them one of these top three or four quarterbacks in the draft, but does desperately need a quarterback. Do you think there's a trade brewing, Eric, or do you think that they might move on from Geno or like what? Uh, give me the Geno meter. What percentage chance do we start the the okay, the season so with you, Geno? You originally asked me the urgency and. Um, I want to address that first. I guess yeah, yeah. it all depends on how you define urgency. Okay. So how if urgency is like, oh, we got to get it this year, then I don't think we're super urgent to draft a quarterback. Moving uh, slightly to the Geno side of the conversation, I don't think a trade's in- imminent. I think that Geno is a guy, he is who we thought he was. He's a guy who can help us win, probably not going to bring us to the promised land alone on his arm. But again, that's not how this team is going to be built or built currently um Kirk Cousins I, level right Kirk Cousins level of like th- good quarterback who doesn't win you the the championship yeah I would I would put him a step below Kirk Cousins but more or less Kirk Cousins um and honestly there's there's how many quarterbacks like that in the league like three maybe yeah there's like a group uh, of like four or five Kirk Cousinses and then and every everyone and then, who's going to be drafted everyone wants it to be that guy but I don't know maybe CJ Stroud is also in that category no, Stroud. Stroud, I think, has transcended Cousins. I think he's he's like one level above Cousins already. Yeah, he's but, he's going to go and get you that win. He's going to go and get you that touchdown. But my point is, is that those guys are few and far between. So yeah. the next step down is our quarterback. So yeah, I don't think there's a trade brewing now. Yeah. As far as like how urgent is it that we draft a quarterback that level of urgency? I got to be honest with you. It's it's urgent that we look at the position and start drafting. 
mid-level picks unless a jewel falls to us or someone we, we really like falls to us at pick 16. So don't go get the quarterback, but if the quarterback comes, do you select them? Yeah, I think go get the quarterback. So, is so we're not on your move. We're not on quarterback Tinder right now. Swiping. Correct. Swiping we're, right on. Uh, we're but looking we, at our friend's phone who is single and being like, oh, let me see your if, Tinder. Can I just swipe on any of these? Just we haven't have contacted a real estate agent, but we're doing that thing where you just kind of see what houses are going for in the area. Exactly. Okay, so so let's talk let's talk quarterbacks. And so the way we're going to do this is we're going to give our top fives. Uh, Eric, did you make a top five? It's okay if you didn't, because I know no, 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 no. Notoriously, what for people have not been listening for a long time. Eric doesn't love college football. Um, and I watched so much UW this year, and that's the most I've ever watched. Mildly, (laughs) and I I would say that you have like you're like "Eh, college football. It's not great, and I get it because it's like gimmicky compared to NFL. Um, but uh, it's like I'm watching the CFL, but in America. Nathan also doesn't like watching college football, but he oddly loves scouting it. Oh, I love it's take. like the CFL if people showed up to the well, games. because I like the puzzle of like trying to figure out if a guy can like succeed at the NFL. And I've I'm not to gas myself up, but I've gotten pretty good, especially at the quarterbacks. So, like, I think like for me, I didn't make a top five because this um, is where I love listening to you guys. Yeah, and then I was gonna say, so Eric, Eric will jump in with if he knows about a guy, but other than that, we're gonna give our top fives, and then maybe a few guys that we think the Seahawks might target who fell fell outside of those lists. Maybe some deeper deeper names that we would like to see the Seahawks go. So let's go number one, Kevin. Uh, who is your number one quarterback in this class? And I'll tell you if I agree or not. Uh, my number one quarterback is North Carolina's Drake okay. May. I kept Caleb Williams number one, so I'll, we'll go. We'll talk Drake May first, and I have those obviously just switched one two, and I'm assuming you do as well. Correct. Um, okay, so let's go. Let's start with Drake May then, since he's your number one. What do you love about uh, about Drake May? All right, so I think Drake May number one. Drake May plays from the pocket uh, when he's able to, but he has the legs to really make someone pay if they give him some space. Um, so he's a very capable runner. Um, he moves around well in the pocket, uh, and he has the best, I think he has the best pure arm out of any of the quarterbacks in, uh, in this draft, as far as being able to, uh, both throw accurately as well as put zip on the ball. Does, um, does one thing per game that you're like, what that, yeah. that is like, he'll be just getting like draped by a guy and he'll just gun 15 yards down the field, just a laser to a guy in the back of the end zone. It's like, Oh wow. You can do that. Like that is unreal it's and then also once per game he'll throw it into like quadruple coverage yeah he. but it's still like an accurate pass into quadruple coverage and so you're like actually the wide receiver probably could come away with that but that's a terrible throw why did you do that yeah he misses he misses um a little bit high a lot too uh which is problematic against certain zone coverages yeah he's he's pretty he's pretty out of control like if he can if he falls into a situation where we can refine him into like his most best form he has he's probably justin herbert like nfl justin herbert uh he's just big he's strong i don't know like he's just there's so much upside here and i don't think the he's downside also, is yeah the downside's not crazy low either because he can the, the arm the arm talent is just insane with drake May. yeah the downside's jay cutler i guess like jay cutler that can run 
Yeah, Smoke and Jay. I think that's a great comparison of like, well, yeah, Jay Cutler, who if they do the Wildcat, he's not just going to stand there. (laughs) And smoke a cigarette. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's a good athlete. He can run a little bit. He can. He's a really good thrower of the football. Um, Okay. by the way. okay, you said he can run a little bit. Uh, The dude, uh, the last two years combined, he has 56 uh, runs of 10 plus yards. He has 47 missed tackles forced. He averages about three and a half yards after contact. Um, he's rushed for over 1200 yards in the last few years combined. This guy's a very capable runner. Yeah. He just takes a lot of sacks though, which I feel like is running downside. Yeah. Like I wrote down, he, t- his pressure to sack rate was 18.8%. That's a lot. <laughs> it's like, it's Wait like we get to the other quarterbacks on this list. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's just, he, he needs refinement. I don't think he step. If you like, let's say the bears draft him. He does. If he steps in day one at the Bears, I don't know if he makes them better than Justin Fields right now. But once he can kind of hit his development curve, yeah, he, he's the the sky is the limit. He's he's a really, year two, really year good. three guy. And like, also, he, he might be on he that was on the, Lawrence trajectory. He was questionable like every week with an ankle injury last year, so that's something to consider as well. Also, extremely young, twenty one years old. He is the second youngest guy we'll probably talk about today. So yeah. just something else to keep in mind. All right, then let's go to Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is the guy with all of the hype. Um, I, I'll, I'll do this. Okay, no one in the world has ever been like Caleb Williams. Uh, he is just like Kyler one, Murray is the closest comp I can make. He's one of one, just a wholly unique player that just is. He's unreal. He's unreal talent. Um, there is no, there is no limit to how good he can be which is where people get sucked in because there really is no limit. This guy could be Patrick Mahomes with Michael Vick's running like that's that is the upside and it is really hard to not get sucked in. But man, this guy has Does some nothing that is NFL. It's like, hey, dude, can you ever just get rid of the ball? Like his his time to throw is crazy slow. 3.16 seconds was his time to throw this year. That's down from 3.24 in his Heisman year. Yeah. So that's that's the that was the his sixth pressure high. to sack is bad. His sixth <laughs> that was sixth highest in the uh in the uh quarterbacks with the most over 200 pass attempts. Um yeah, he just he needs someone who will get in his ear and get him to change the way he plays a little bit. It sucks because the way he plays is so exciting. It's so fun. Um, it's really good. But he needs to – he presses super hard, tries to do everything himself, um, doesn't play super disciplined football. And, um, yeah, it's like he could end up having like that Michael Vick-style career where, yeah, everyone knows he's great. Everyone loves how good he is. But he never accomplishes He's really good anything. on Madden. He never accomplishes anything because he's just inconsistent and like makes the dog two, or, two or three. No, Caleb, here's one thing Caleb Williams will not do. He will not run a dog finder. You know why? This guy's life story is crazy, bro. He yes. told his he told his dad when he was like eight years old that he wanted to be like the best quarterback in the in the NFL. And his dad was like, all right, let's do it. And he like hired all the best trainers and did all everything. And when he was in high school, they bought him his own apartment next to the best football school in the DC area so that he could live right there and play Ugh. football. And he they hired the lady who who the show Scandal is based on uh to, to be his like PR coach. Um Caleb Williams is one of one. Like this is uh, this 
What's it? Was or, it uh, Todd Marinovich? Was that the quarterback or was that the offensive yeah, lineman? The, I, I, it's like if Todd Marinovich was like a healthy relationship with his family instead of the the most toxic relationship ever with your family. It yes. really is that level of like one minded dedication to a concept. Yes. Yeah. That's he's, so bizarre, though. I don't. I don't it's like weird. That. I'm. I'm like moderately I'm in on Caleb just from like a talent perspective, but he has to land in a good situation. I actually think Chicago is the best situation for him. Um, Cause he could it, run the offense. They're trying to build for Josh Fields. Cor- correct. He, they don't have to Justin Justin Fields. They don't have to, Justin Fields, sorry. they don't have to change much about what they're doing on offense. Like the guys they brought in Waldron, I think is a good like fit for like, Hey, let's calm it down a little bit and sit in the pocket. Like, cause he ran a very calm offense in Seattle. Uh, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, I think this is a really strong, strong candidate to, he, like I said, the sky's the limit. He has, his skills are so good that it is undeniable, despite the fact that his tape is Zach Wilson levels of this doesn't work in the NFL. It's scary. It's super scary. And he was care. He was trying to hard carry a USC team that probably didn't deserve it last year. <laughs> like he was, he was like, "I'm gonna put this team on my back. We're gonna win some games." And it's like, yeah, they. The defense is so bad. It, every every time you watch his tape, too, like I'll, I'll be watching a Caleb Williams tape. So it's like it's it's a supercut of only Caleb Williams plays, right? And then so he's only offense. And every time you come back, the, the there's seven more points for the other team. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, he's Caleb got a touchdown drive. Oh, the other team scored immediately, so he's got to get another one. And it's just that's that's how they uh they play what, so what year is he in college caleb is a junior he's 22 years okay. old so there is some developmental time you could put in there but here's the thing is that he's not he should not sit i in a way that i think like drake may i think you could draft him and be like yeah let's sit for a year and learn learn the fun yeah, i think it would be a home's path uh drake may could but the stuff that caleb williams has to learn he has to learn under live fire you have to just like you have to teach caleb williams to get rid of the ball i don't think you need like a like a, a year off to do that. And plus the talent is just crazy with Caleb. It's, I don't know. It, I think Caleb, as much as I love Drake May's talent, and I think he has crazy upside as well. Caleb is on just another level from that. And that's insane because these two guys might turn out to be like two of the better prospects we've scouted in the last, I don't know, a lot of years. They're very, uh, there's they're a really good, yeah, these strong. are both, these are the best quarterbacks to come out since uh, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, real quick, which uh, I grade, I graded you know, Trevor Lawrence higher than both of these guys, but not by a lot. And I know people are gonna be like, well, Trevor Lawrence isn't that good. Yeah. That doesn't well, matter. We're talking about what he is as a prospect. I was talking about like what he was as a prospect and Trevor Lawrence is still like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is a home's level prospect. He has bottomed out basically as like a, as like a, in terms of my expectations, he's pretty much hit the, the bottom case and he's still like what the 14th best quarterback in the NFL. He's still pretty good. Uh, I think I one know. thing to know also as a tenant is. Uh, Nathan tends to value the the highest end talent of what a player could be. I have a tendency to value reliability a little bit more, which sometimes, which which in this case exactly explains why Drake May's my one and Caleb's my two, and it's the reverse for Nathan because Caleb, without a doubt, has the higher ceiling. Uh, Drake May is more likely to hit his ceiling. Caleb, yeah. So, like, if we're talking about upside here, Caleb could be the best quarterback who ever lived. Drake May could be as good as uh, could be could the be number like, one quarterback in the NFL at some point. Right, he could be really good, like the number one quarterback. I think agree. He has that upside, but he's not gonna he's not gonna be the goat. I would be super surprised if Drake May turned out to be the next Mahomes Brady level goat quarterback. Okay, um, Jaden Daniels. 
is number yeah, three for three. both of us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because I think it's pretty obvious that where you go next. All right, Jaden Daniels. Uh, he is big play Bob. He, I don't know. He like he does everything. He's super crazy. He's Did you fast. Watch his 2022 tape? He's one thing too is you go through the progression. 2022, 2023. It's so crazy. He. He gets so much better all the time. He is open to coaching, like in a way that you can see on the field because Arizona State Jaden Daniels and last year's LSU Jaden Daniels is like, it's like a different person. It's like, you know, it's the same guy because you can see the running and how electric he is, but it's like, whoa, he went from a triple option running quarterback to a dynamic passer. Yeah, it's nice. He is, he is really good. He's a little old on the old side, 23.3. He's a real senior, like with COVID senior. And he, he you know, not as old as some of these other guys we're about to talk about, but he is he's getting up there. Um, I'm addicted to the progress. I said it through very early. I think I like halfway through the college season when I started kind of watching some games, I said, this guy is it. He's him. Like you could take him. And I was taking him in every mock draft I did for PFF because PFF had him ranked like 50th. And I'm like, well, you just pick him at the end of the first round because he's that good. Now he's going to go in the top five, and he deserves it. He's very good. Uh, if I had one – yeah, people say RG3, which I agree with. Um, RG3 is a good comparison, especially because he's going to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is super – he's 210, and he takes a hit in the game every game that makes Josh Allen look like a smart dude with the hits he takes. <laughs> Yeah, really, it's what it just looks like. What happens when you take a Josh Allen hit when you're 30 pounds lighter than Josh Allen? Like he's six four two ten, so he's about the same height as Josh Allen, and then he hits it, and it looks like when a crash test dummy runs into the wall. Like it's just like <laughs> limbs and pieces of helmet just going every direction. It's like a full yard sale every time this guy gets lit oh up. Oh my god, somebody. he just he just gets killed. it's so ugly. It's so bad. It's, um, also, he takes a lot of sacks for his pressure. He does hold on to the ball a little long, but like not Caleb Williams long. No one does that. Um, he had the best. He had the best passer rating from a clean pocket this year, and I think that's like a good thing to say about a yeah. guy who 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 runs a lot because it proves that, like you said, he learned how to be a pocket passer. Um, yeah, I feel like twenty twenty two. They were basically like stand in the pocket, become a pocket passer, and he did that. Like he took a lot of sacks, but like he learned how to just be an accurate distributor of the football. And this a, year, he turned into a playmaker with his arm, and a one twenty three passer rating uh, under pressure as well, which was second in the nation. Yeah, like this guy. It doesn't matter what you do to this guy. He's just a good. He's just a good football player. Um, he's he's a little bit smaller and not quite as dynamic as the runners of Lamar Jackson. So like I think Lamar Jackson light is a good. Uh, comp for me, like I, I said, Tua uh, with Kaepernick legs. <laughs> okay, yeah, Tua with Kaepernick legs is, is solid because he can throw. People underrate Tua can throw a deep ball. I think we saw it now. Yeah. We've seen it now. He can throw a deep ball. It's fine. Um, he's very accurate. Uh, in yeah. a way that uh, that even the guys we talked about before, he's he's very accurate in a way that they weren't. Um, yeah, he's just one of the best best performances in football history last year. He won the Heisman. He's a really really good football player, and he's fast. Yeah, we should know he ran for 1,200 yards in the SEC as a quarterback. Like, that's a lot. He threw for 3,800 yards and ran for 1,200 more. Like, that's that's really impressive. Coming in at 23, you know, you're going to need him to play right away to kind of get, like, going. And he he is going to get hurt. <laughs> it's just going to happen. I'm just I, – I can't imagine this guy doesn't take, like, massive hits and just, just gets destroyed. But He needs to put on at least 10 pounds of, like, good good bulk – also, yeah. just for protection. 
you know what though good for him for coming back for the fifth year because he a lot of people thought he might come out last year and he came back for the fifth year and i think put himself in the um i'm one of the best quarterbacks conversation yeah uh, he has great poise he's a total gamer uh yeah um also he had an, he has good and good nil deals uh power aid beats, <laughs> beats by dre and the best one raising canes nice nice job nice job uh Jaden. that's a trifecta man <laughs> yeah so okay the next three guys are close. I'm them up to two off that. That's that's man, good decision maker. Put, put, put him above Caleb. No way. Decision making. <laughs> no way. No that's way. Some, that's, those NILs are some decision making. No, no. Okay. All right. So there's there's three there's three guys left uh, for two spots. So Kevin, who's your number? Who'd you go with at number four? This is hard. This is very difficult. I have these guys all, right. all basically tied. So. I'm going to actually just change mine depending on what you say. And then that way we can have a conversation. <laughs> All right. For, for number four, I dragged my feet and dragged my feet and dragged my feet. And finally three years of development matters. Uh, JJ right. McCarthy is my number four. All right. Because he is 21 years old. And the other two guys in this situation are pushing D Eskridge retirement home age. They're 24. So, yeah. Yeah. So JJ McCarthy, my thing about him is as a prospect he kind of reminds me of baker mayfield coming out uh with one important difference and it's the thing he's, that makes me hesitate he's tall constantly. he's tall uh, no i said important difference oh um, that is important he's six three i mean it doesn't make okay it. fine caleb six one so now we should knock him down um no 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 like i think like there is like a weird thing though where guys who are above six feet it does seem to matter like guys who are six feet and under in my like when I'm watching, like these guys, it, you have to change the offense a little bit to to accommodate a guy who's For like throwing lanes. Yeah. Yes. So so like JJ JJ, you just get to run your offense, which is which does matter a little. Okay. Anyway, so JJ McCarthy, the big thing is Michigan runs a run first offense, which uh, limits the things that he is asked to do. Uh, he makes some pretty poor decisions on RPOs. Uh, he has a tendency to throw behind receivers on deep routes and over the middle despite the fact that he has plenty of arm to put those out there. But I think those are kind of reps issues that being 21, if you can sit for a year, you can really kind of figure those out. He's got good feet. He's a capable runner. Um, My biggest thing is Harbaugh just didn't trust him to win games. Like when it was time to go win a game, they're like, Hey, let's lean on the running backs more. And it's like, uh, I don't like that. Like that makes me kind of nervous about him. I think someone's going to spend a late first on JJ McCarthy because, but he, the one speed thrower. He's getting like top 15 hype right now. If, and like, I would not want to take him with the 16. Everyone thinks Sean Payton's going to take him. Everyone's like, Sean Payton will not let this guy get past him. And I'm like, okay, whatever you say, guys. (laughs) Uh, But, but the thing is, he's got talent. He has good, he has good stats. You just have to kind of dig for them. Like, he was the best thrower on the run in in FBS. He, he's the most accurate thrower um, when, when outside of the pocket. So like he he does some things that that you just think okay yeah we can build on this, um he he was really really good at not letting the other team beat him, you know like not making a throw that was going to get him uh that was gonna... yeah, he didn't Jimmy G it into some linebacker's chest very often right though. he it was his inaccurate throws are just like he only throws one speed and because of that like sometimes he lets it rip and it's just not like in the right spot you got he has no touch. He has to develop touch. That's what's going to make it. Things. I actually had him fifth, so I I put a guy ahead of him. But the the thing the thing about him for me is that just he's good at play action. He's really play action rollouts. Like this is your dude. If you want to run play action rollouts and like do 
But the best landing spot for him would be somewhere where they have an established quarterback who he can just sit behind the first year and kind of get the Mahomes treatment. Um, yeah, if you went to like the Saints where they're finishing out Carr's contract. If you I went- think if, if you want to watch one game that really explains like what I think, why well, I think JJ McCarthy might be like super good. Watch, watch the Wolverines versus Buckeyes, the one where they played against CJ Stroud. Um, JJ McCarthy was like 19 years old in this game. And he just like, he played good. He played really good in this game in a way that he's a makes, gamer. Yeah. Makes me think like this guy has it. He just, like you said, Harbaugh, I mean, he's 21, he's 20 years old. Harbaugh's like, dude, we don't need you to do anything. Let's just hand the ball to Blake Corum 10 times and just keep our offensive line is dominating. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting case. JJ McCarthy is an interesting case of like, yeah, the upside's really high. The downside is he's just never anything. I could totally see JJ McCarthy being an absolute zero in the NFL because he just doesn't develop any kind of touch passes or anything like that. So, all right. Then I think my number four is going to be your number five, which is Michael Penix Jr. Um, I came on this side mostly because I think a team that like the Vikings, if the Vikings drafted Penix instead of J.J. McCarthy, uh, they would be a lot better. Atlanta. If Atlanta drafted Penix instead of J.J. McCarthy, it would probably Penix work out a lot better. Penix is going to be what he is from year one. Landing like, spot a little better at a couple things, but yeah, landing spot matters. And I do think like Penix is Penix's downside is so high. Penix, what's the worst case for Penix? He's like Mike the, Lennon, interception yeah. city. Yes, okay, that's the thing. He does throw. He trusts his arm so much. So things I don't like about Penix. Since we're gonna we're gonna just move on from McCarthy because you covered it pretty good, Kevin. Yep. There. Penix, Penix for me, uh, he trusts his arm too much. His wide receivers were incredible on UW, which kind of just lowers the. I, I saw wide receivers make when I watch his tape, I'm like wide receivers are making plays. Now he cannot, he puts the ball in like perfect position, but I don't think he reads the zone super well where there are plays where I think he could hit a wide open guy instead, but because he doesn't anticipate the the defense super well, Ren read the defense super well. It just like, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to just hit this guy on the back shoulder. It doesn't matter. And yeah, of course, Roma Dunze makes the play. <laughs> so, yeah, he, so. <laughs> he anticipates the offense really well. If he ends up in like like a McVay Shanahan style coach, where what you're asked to do is know what the receiver's going to do and throw in anticipation of your own receiver, I, would, I think he does that well. I would but love if you to have see to him like, on San Francisco. That's such a not not like from like a I I want the 49ers to be good. Just like that is a perfect fit, Kevin. What a which is a, why the Vikings would be a perfect fit because it's kind of that San Francisco offense. Because yeah. yeah, if the if the coach is going to be like you're looking for when Jefferson does this, if he if he's here at this moment, that's when you make that throw. Um, but talk about like the uh, the. Uh, Jimmy G's knees memorial bury it in a linebacker's chest throw like Penix will probably make some of those in the NFL because he'll just be like this is where my receiver is supposed to be my arm is good rifle it in there my arm is good is an understatement too this guy I think is the best thrower of the football in this draft like the 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 good throw the way he throws the ball like the, the the no wasted motion the zip that he has on it the way he can just like quickly from multiple arm angles just get it out people say it looks weird but there's a guy on Twitter who just reverses him all to make him right-handed throws and you realize the only reason it looks weird is because he's left-handed yeah it's not gonna be- say is that a thing for you Nathan because I know how much you despise left okay left-handed quarterbacks are weird and it is a weird case you have to 
there's a reason there's not a ton of there's 10% of people are left-handed, but there's not 10% left-handed quarterbacks. Why? Because you have to reverse everything you're doing uh, to accommodate a left-handed quarterback. Every, every single person on your team has played with a right-handed quarterback their whole lives. The ball comes to you differently from a left-handed quarterback. I, I watched an interview with Tyreek Hill talking about this, how he's like, I had to get used to Tua's ball because it spins different. And I've been, I, my whole life, the ball has spun this way from right-handed quarterbacks. But when Tua spins it, it's like this and it's just different and you have to get used to it. Now, Tyreek mm. Hill is a, is a God. And if he lands in like the Vikings, uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson's going to figure it out. <laughs> He's not, no, no, I'm yeah. not worried about Justin Jefferson being like, oh, I couldn't figure out how to catch his ball. Jordan, Ad- Jordan Addison's like, well, it just didn't make sense to me. Like those are two guys in the top 30 wide receivers. He needs to he needs to land somewhere good, though. It's, and his injury history is worrying. There are teams that might medical red flag him off their board. Yep. And I would not blame them. Because a shoulder he had, injury and two big uh, knee injuries. He's had season-ending injuries four times. Like this, is, this guy is um, – He's just he's having two healthy seasons in a row was basically the reason he came back. He's aggressive. He's really good at. Oh, he navigates the pocket really good, too. I got to yeah. give Pemex props for that. It's, it is the kind of thing that moved him above McCarthy for me was how he just navigates the pocket really well. All right. The, the notable guy we left out was was Bo Nix. Um, yep. If you if you want to draft the next Alex Smith, he, that's that's your guy. I, I don't think that's a bad a diss, by the way. I don't mean that as a diss. He just uh, if you put him on Atlanta, Atlanta would be better that day. Yes. He has a live arm. He's he's fast. He's actually good. He's can play a little out of structure, but he's a, he was kind of a systems quarterback in Oregon, in my opinion. The more I watched it, the more I like kind of fell fell in. Yeah, Penix and Knicks are both like the most pro ready, but they also have the lowest ceilings. Like I don't Penix could be like a top ten quarterback. I don't think Bo Nix can. I I just don't see it. Um, the more I watched it, I I went in with like a oh you know like because I looked at all the stats. What I do is I look at the stats first, then I watch the tape. And I looked at all the stats, and I was like, Nix might be better than people think. And like, there's a lot of like guys who are like NFL minds love Bo Nix, and I'm like, after watching, I'm like, why? <laughs> just don't get it. He I guess he ran the offense, which some people yes. might find appealing. He runs That's the exactly offense. It. He runs the offense, and that might be appealing to some people. The but. Ron Burgundy effect. All right, Kevin, mid-round guys that you think the Seahawks should take a look at, and then I'm going to make fun of one person. So go, give me two guys, two mid-round guys you like. Uh, all right, so I think we have to talk about Spencer Rattler. Um, okay. If you want – so the thing is he's 24, so he can't be developmental. But if you want to put push the reset button on Drew Locke's career and see if he can learn how to make a decision, uh, draft Spencer Rattler. Um, he'll probably go somewhere in round three, maybe round four, um, probably round three. Uh, he has an NFL arm. He can throw to the middle and outside with zip. He'll hang in there and make a throw, but he'll also let go of the ball and then say, oh no. Like there's just, there's times where you're like, this ball is an interception before he releases it. Um, yeah. There's also some maturity questions. I think South Carolina's saying that he cleaned up, but they're still there. Yeah. And I, I will say, man, like he He's capable of a lot, but I don't think he has like the football IQ. Like like you said, the Drew Lock thing. I just think that there's there's a there's a f- smart issue. And this year in South Carolina, it was like, well, he was good. I think like he just got bailed out by being able to throw it to Xavier Leggett every I don't know five plays or whatever. So yeah, he never got back to the level he was at in 2020, which is crazy. Like he was a freshman. Oh, was People a thought he was a generational talent. Offense. Everyone was like, this is a generational talent. He never got back to that level that no. he was when he was 18, which is nuts. Um, all right, I'll do I'll do one. Jordan Travis. Uh, yes, he's hurt, but I do think that he kind of 
made his way this year in a way he's very old like Spencer Rattler he's 23 almost 24 years old um, but he has exceptional ability to kind of play uh, under pressure with composure to keep his eyes downfield um, his offensive line was not good at Florida State and but he was he was good he's a hero um, ball all-star for the best and worst end of that he isn't like his arm isn't crazy good he relied on having very good wide receivers uh but and he doesn't anticipate even like I said about Penix, like not seeing like what the defense is going to give him three seconds from now. This guy's even worse at it. But I do think there's traits here. If you wanted to sit a guy for a year and kind of just just have him watch Gino and, and hope he develops Jordan Travis is, is someone that you could do that with. Uh, very quickly, I think Michael Pratt belongs in this conversation as well. Uh, quarterback right. out of Tulane. He's a little younger. Kind of reminds me of Ryan Tannehill. Um he moves well, like he, he moves well enough that you can't just like give him open grass. He'll take it, uh, which is a good skill to have. He was injured in 2023, so his numbers were a little down, but he played really well in a run-oriented system. Um, he's a reliably accurate passer. He's able to arm out longer passes, but the velocity is just kind of okay. So he's got like, uh, he's, he hits the minimums for NFL arm, but he doesn't have like a great arm. He does have a quick release and good footwork in the pocket, though. Okay, um, there's there's one thing that's holding me back on Pratt because I actually agree with most of what you're saying. People are saying his hands are going to be tiny, and like like he's going to have eighth, percent, eighth percentile quarterback hands. And if he really measures out with like really small hands, uh, I just don't think he can make it. Like he, I don't think he has enough good talents to handle a fringe attribute like that. I agree. Uh, so I really want to see. I'm actually like. I'm in on Spencer Pratt if his hands measure out, which is so yeah, stupid. Michael Pratt, yeah. Or sorry, Michael Pratt, yeah. Which is so stupid. <laughs> it's such yeah. a dumb reason to, to decide I'm gonna be on. Uh okay, I wanna make fun of someone. Joe Milton the third. Joe everyone <laughs> people might be like, hey, Joe Milton the third, he can throw the ball ninety yards, he can run he can a throw it over the mountains. He's he's uh he's a pocket passer, but he's huge and he's he's got a little movement. Um no one else has arm strength like this. Yep, those those things are all true. You should not draft Joe Milton the third under any circuit. This guy should go undrafted. I'm not joking. I would rather have young Tua than uh, than Joe Milton the third. And I do not say that lightly. Uh, Joe Milton the third. Um, Joe. Joe. First of all, he he was in the Tennessee offense, which is basically clinically designed to make quarterbacks look good. And like, like if you talk to any college football person, they're like, "Well, we were just basically waiting all season for him to finally hit those deep passes, and he never did." Yeah, and like he was at he was at Michigan, and they gave him kind of a shot, and because you know he could throw really far, and they were just like in twenty twenty, they were like, no, this is not. We're gonna have seventeen year old JJ McCarthy play instead. Yeah, he's (laughs) he's really old. Uh, He's really not good. Like I cannot express to you how he has no touch, he has no accuracy. He's super old. Please give your red zone comment. He cannot read the field. Oh, the red zone? Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're in the red zone with Joe Milton, you should take five-yard penalties to back it up because you're too close. It's not going to work. He can't figure it out. He's not going to be able to figure out which guy's open at all. So just just back it up. Try to try to make it so he can throw a bomb instead. It's. Uh, I also wrote he should have gone to a medical school because he throws hospital balls on the regular. Um, He's really predictable, too. Like, when he's under pressure, you know how Russ always did the spin move and everyone knew it? This Joe Milton is, like, the same the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, quarterbacks in the books. Kevin, we went way too slow. Now we gotta go. Now we gotta speed run the wide receivers. This is no, the let's best. do wide receivers next week. We'll just You're... do it. We'll just do. <laughs> all right. Week to week. Because uh, all right, then wide receivers. We're up against a. We're up against a deadline. All right. So wide receivers are are good though. 
I'm ex- yeah. so excited about wide receivers. This is gonna They're, be a fun podcast. We'll do it next week though because um, it it deserves time. All right. So and I actually honestly didn't see us convictions. All right. So we're, we're gonna be back in one week then because we because we went so slow right here. All right. Uh, let's go. Um, to the money zone. There are many ways to support CXNS podcast. The best way to do so head over to patreon.com slash for a little dollar twenty four month. You can join the Discord. Uh thank you to those who support the show. I'm getting up the membership. I hit the Patreon button on my Cooper, Andy. Uh, there's some mics involved. No, no, it's not Cooper anymore. <laughs> do it all for the Tucci, Emmanuel, Andy, Brett. Oh, there is Cooper. Cooper, Evan, Flocktimus, <laughs> Gavin, Gavin, James, Jose, Joshua, Lucas, Malcolm, Ryan, Samuel, Terrence, Timothy, Tom, Warwolf, Astro, Blake. Bob, Carl, Casey, Daniel, David, Feet Meat on Rifles, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Noah, Poops, Thomas, Warwolf, or sorry, um, Brandon, Nick, Chip, my man Chip. Okay. Um, thank you guys to for supporting the show. Uh, okay. The uh, this week, X Men ninety Daniels X Men choices X X Men ninety seven trailer dropped. Deadpool versus or Deadpool and Wolverine trailer dropped. I thought this is a great opportunity for us to talk about the X-Mans. So what we're going to do is we're going to make an X-Mans tier list. Uh, this is the, these are the, the X, X-Men, X-People. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> X-Persons? X-Folk? that we that we, uh, that we decided to do. What I did is I went to Ranker.com. I went to their list of the top X-Men. I took like the top 30-ish. Um, I kind of tried to take out vil- clear villains that were never in the X-Men like Apocalypse. But you'll see there are some guys who are, um, you know, fringe X-Men or villains on this list. And then we all added like two uh, two people that we we wanted to to be in the list to the list. All right, here we go. Uh, this is our list of 36, the, t- the top 36 X-Men according to the CXNS podcast and now we'll rank them. Angel, Banshee, Beast, Blink, Cable, Cannonball, Colossus, Cyclops, Dazzler, Deadpool, Domino, Gambit, Havoc, Iceman, Jean Grey, Jubilee, Kitty Pride, Legion, Magic, Magneto, Morph, Multiple Man, Mystique, Nightcrawler, Professor X, Psylocke, Quicksilver, Rogue, Shatterstar, Storm, Sunfire, Sunspot. Are those those are different people? Yes, they are. Yes. Uh, yes. Warpath. Actually, I had to think about it though. Uh, Warpath, White Queen, Wolverine, and X twenty three. So we're going to start at the top of the list with Angel. All right, Angel's a classic, Eric. What, where, 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 where should we? Where do you think we should rank? By the way, Angel uh, starting, uh, Eric starting off each of these because he's the biggest comic book nerd. Also, uh, you know, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but uh, I don't have Giant Size X Men number one. That's uh, the X Men basically rebranding uh, from the seventies. That and then it was the Wolverine. it was the X Men for a long time, right? Like yes. The, so the... I every issue after Giant Size X Men up until issue three twenty four, somewhere in the mid nineties. I have every issue, except for one. Uh, I don't have Giant Size X Men number one. That's but you're, like but a, you have every. That's, other, like, a, that's like a ten thousand dollar book. But you have every other one. That's so cool. From between that run, between that run. So, and I have a few. Like I have X Men number nine, the like the very first one. It's it's like made out of cigarette ash. It's in terrible condition. <laughs> um, I've got a bunch of like little like issue fifty four, you know, things like that. And all right, uh, but Eric, I stopped collecting I, in the nineties. I can get you a 2.0 for 9.75 right now. Of giant size X Men number one, yeah. I'd think about two, it. Honestly. A 2.0 a though, that is terrible. That's there's also a, made of cigarette ash. There's a there's a 1.5 that's 9.50. This thing looks horrible. Oh my! The gosh. 1.5, you have to question whether or not it's actually that comic. It might just be random You're, paper someone found in a gutter and then put in like a slip. Yeah, they just they took a reprint and stuffed it with the old. No, cover. it's because it's because it's graded. It's graded, so someone I went did. through and looked at it. Thank you for yeah. taking my joke seriously. Anyway, Eric, <laughs> we're doing angels. It's graded. Someone walked. <laughs> someone walked through this. 
<laughs> oh, here's a here's a one point eight. That's uh, that's nobody's bid on yet. It ends in six days. That's funny. That's my that's my evaluation of Joe Milton's Two, accuracy. Anyway, two hundred bucks. Someone wrote thirty five cents right on the middle of the cover. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, all right. Anyway, sorry. That's, that's what I get depressed. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. Angel though was in the original X Men. Okay, Angel uh, in the original X Men. Um. People say he's important and he is for continuity, but man, I got to put him D list because like okay. if you need to rescue someone, you just send the guy, the giant six foot four guy with wings. Uh, there's a fire. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. We can't send Angel and he's going to burn his wings. Um, it's too windy. Angel's going to get blown away. Um, I was thinking C because of the history, but I'm I'm into D. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say I think I was gonna say C because he's got like a cool story. But if we're going by power rankings, yeah, it's one of those like he's the character that just ends up in distress a lot. Yes, and so there's also like uh, X nerds will say like, well, what about Archangel? Archangel he's the Krillin really... of the X Men. <laughs> so at some point, Apocalypse gave him razor blade wings, and uh, that's cool. If you didn't already have Wolverine, quit being so '90s about everything. And, Razor uh, Wings, that's my favorite it, Alkaline Trio song. Archangel, Archangel <laughs> really felt like they tried to make him cool. Does that make Which sense? Is, like, yeah, it like does. They, and like, but in the same way, like adding a Z instead of a S to that <laughs> word makes something exactly cool. just yes. just just write better. So yeah, I'm I'm keeping him C or D tier. You guys can decide. All right, I'm, I'm uh, D. D D's fine. Banshee, C tier, C tier for me. He's an old cool man. Power. Uh, he has he smokes a pipe. He's Irish, so Kevin already wants to put him in S tier. Uh, he's like he's from Ireland. Um, he's also like he doesn't take any any uh, any sort of nonsense. Uh, he also started out as a villain. Yeah, I'm in a Banshee, 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 and C. That's where we're going. Yep. Yeah. All right, Beast. B for Beast. Bat. I love Beast. Okay. I love Beast. I love Beast as well. I, I was thinking A for Beast because I like uh, I like that he's the gadget guy. He's an OG. Uh, I like anytime Beast is in glasses, it brings me great pleasure. Yes, that's the big thing. Like I feel like I feel like giant beast in tiny glasses pushes him up one full tier. I love tiny I love big dude in tiny glasses. I'm yeah. gonna say that's a trope. Like big a dude in tiny trope. glasses is like one of my like that's like that, half the reason Eric's on the podcast. Oh yeah, how, I was gonna say, is that why you have me on the podcast? Dave, They're actually big glasses, but my head is even bigger. So it's that's Dave, the point, yeah. Dave Batista, <laughs> that's how you know he has great acting instincts. He told Denis Villeneuve that he was supposed to wear those tiny glasses. He's like, I need to wear these yeah. tiny glasses. And that's how you know he's the goat. Okay. That's because he's right. <laughs> blink. Blink, Eric. Uh, I got nothing for Blink. I know a little bit about Blink. Um, time traveler. I leave it up to you guys. So okay, you rank it too high. Here, and do we put Beast in A or B? A. A. Okay. Blink. Blink is like a newer character that that is one of the most popular newer characters. So I did a lot. I did a lot of research on this because, like, I was like, "Where are the X Men at now?" Let me. I'm gonna read X Men comics for four hours, which I did. And I'm just gonna say, like, Blink is a a new character that people really really like um kind of came to fruition in the age of apocalypse arc which is a very popular uh x-men this arc the dawning of the- oh. uh, it's like a it's a it's like a break it was the breakout character of of like the that story arc from the mid 90s and so yeah uh yeah blink's cool b for blink though like it, it's not uh it's not like in the uh historical characters and it is one of the characters that's not in any of the movies i don't think that i think you could really tap for a lot because she's pretty cool but yeah that's where i'm at eric do you, do you are you good with that i'm fine with that okay cable 
Cable's hard because Cable is like kind of a cool backstory. It's basically uh, Cyclops and uh, Jean Grey's son from the future. Trunks from uh, Dragon Trunks from Dragon Ball Z. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but when you get when you get into like oh man, when you get into the future stuff, ooh, I'm future tripping. It's hard. Um I, I, lo- I it's love I love Cable. It's the best and the worst. I yeah. could see, I could see anything between C S and S and B though. S anywhere from S to B feels okay to me because I think putting him below B is a disservice, but I don't really want to put him above B. So honestly, right. B is probably there. I'm All good right. with B too because he's cool, but also just like a duct tape together ball of trope. Yes, uh, cannonball. <laughs> Ooh, despite yelling cannonball every time he blasts, no, I'm just kidding. Um, a really interesting power. Uh, yeah, tried to make him like a uh, a Cyclops Part Two, like a, a leader he's, of the X Men. Yes, he's currently the leader of the X Men. Okay. I was about to say that. Yeah, like he's and he he's in the most comics. Like Cannonball has some of the one of the highest appearance rates of any X Man, which is crazy to me. But I think it's like interesting that it's. I think he's like the baseline character. I think the New Mutants C. came out in the. So does that 90s. inherently make him a C? Wait, C. Yeah, I think like Cannonball is like the character we should measure all other characters. You got to be cooler than Cannonball to get to A, B, or S. <laughs> but if you're not cooler than Cannonball, like you, you suck. Like Angel he started in the New Mutants in the in the 80s, and he's yeah. very one of the like two of those characters that actually quote unquote graduated to the X Men. So yeah, I'm Cannonball. Yeah. See, okay, so you got to be cooler than Cannonball. That's like the line I think. Like we got to really—it's a Cannonball meter. Sorry, Colossus. Okay. Colossus S. <laughs> I love Colossus. Eric, Eric, Colossus what do you think? S. Colossus S. I mean, come on, I, I, I'm all about the that like five core X Men that I all want to put in S tier, and Colossus is one of them. So yeah, yeah. Colossus yeah. is is legit. He's so cool. It's like and- me if I wasn't chubby and made of metal. And right yeah, hell, hell yeah. He's just like, he also is just, he got some good uh, one-liners, comedy relief kind of kind of stuff. He's Colossus. Colossus is cool. All right, Cyclops. S tier. You have to put him in S. He's kind of a cornball. I think that's the reason you could lower so him he's, A, but he's, he's kind of, they've kind of, you, you think cornball, but honestly, he's like Captain America if Captain America kicked people in the teeth. Mm-hmm. The problem is they made him like a preppy wiener in the two uh, thousands yeah, movies. movies, and it kind of gave him a bit of a bad rap. Yeah, if you if you look, he's the glue guy for the original core X Men. He has to be S tier. Yeah. Also, right. a true a true disability that uh, would ultimately suck if you were Cyclops. Like yeah. he cannot he cannot not fire the beams out of his eyes. That's why he wears those stupid red glasses all the time, looking like and, Horace uh, Grant. Yes, he's got it like Horace Grant with Jordy and- Jordy LaForge. That's- <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, da- Dazzler. Oh, is she cooler than Cannonball? Ugh. Nah, so she's, I, power, she's, I, she's in the Cannonball tier. She takes, she takes sound and turns it into energy like lasers. And that's how she was like a pop star. Um, she, she, doesn't like, really wa- she doesn't really want she to be a hero. Kesha. She just wants to be a pop star. Yeah, she's like Kesha, but if she could do her own light show. Like, oh, who's doing these lights? It's Kesha, guys. Um where do you want to put her C or D? C. C? Okay. All right. Deadpool. A. Fun. Interesting. Eric, uh, you want to go higher or lower than that? I don't want to go higher. I was about to say, I would actually be leaning towards B just because you got to become like the hipster all-star. B-T- yes, B, B, B. Uh, tiebreaker. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Fine. 
Deadpool, Deadpool is fun. Deadpool is fun, but but you're right. It is kind of like a hipster. I will say the Deadpool's movies are way better than I thought. My Deadpool fan, uh, Deadpool fans drag it into a B. It'd probably be an A if I was just going by him. Uh, Domino. D for Domino. Uh, F tier, honestly. I don't even know what she. She, I don't even know. Does she put white face on and then put a black uh, little thing? Or does she now have naturally weird skin? It's a 90s character with no explanation, just like a girl with weird designs who carried guns. No, they, I, they've, 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 they've improved her character. Yes, um, they should. Immensely with the Deadpool movies. But yeah. like prior to the Deadpool movies, this character was an absolute zero. So she has yes. to like work. She has to keep working her way up the rank. She would have been F if the Deadpool movies didn't exist. Yes. I agree. Uh, and then she's working her way up the list. As those dead, more Deadpool movies come out, she'll probably keep going up because uh, undeniably cool in those in those. Zazie Beats coming back for Deadpool 3? Uh, I am not sure about that. But if she keeps appearing in those movies, like if she's in Deadpool or Wolverine at all, like that's cool. Anyway, uh, let's Can we put Gambit in S here. Gambit Gambit is S, yes. Correct. Okay. okay. Sure. Unless Eric unless Eric is really against it. Uh, I like Gambit I mean, in and out of X Manning. Like his like the personality of the character. My favorite from the nineties uh, cartoon as well. I I mean I would rather put A, but if you guys really want him in S, go put him in S. I uh, I could put him in A. I'm okay with this. This isn't this isn't all about me, but Kevin, Kevin, you really want him in S? I think like a characters are very strong right now. We've already established Beast is a A character. Beast and Gambit, I really, really enjoy being in A or S tier. I'm good with either of those. Yeah, I think like, and I think like they he does stand a level in terms of like um, cachet below Colossus and Cyclops for me. So He's I think like, separating them, great power, great like you know responsibility. Cajun, thank you, Cajun French character. Um, although he's got this like little head wrap <laughs> thing Thanks, that Uncle no ben. one can take that no one can take off. Like every artist tries to draw them without this little head headband thing, and it's they weird. can't do can't it. Can't do it. Uh, yeah. Trench coat, always good. Havoc, Havoc is an OG. I gotta. I kind of want to put Havoc in A. He's like, he's like. Okay, so he's Cyclops' brother, and he has no sort of disability, but he's still always getting crapped on, and he's super angry about it. And I was thinking I, B B for Havoc. B, B, B as well, yeah. It's okay, just, B B works he's there. <laughs> how about like he's how, almost C, but like he's like he's old school enough and been through enough in the comics where you kind of have to respect it. Yeah, yeah. I I think like a very established character that's cool. Iceman. I'm not big on Iceman. Iceman is an OG, but like it's kind of angel tier OG where it's like I was like C. Is, Ice, is Iceman? I think cool? he's C because he could do a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> he occasionally gets to be cooler than Angel, so I feel like you maybe have to put him a tier above Angel. But like, is he cooler than Cannonball? No, okay. I put him right at Cannonball. Yeah, he's right in the Cannonball tier. All right, Gene Gray, Eric. A. I'm sorry, S tier. Oh, I was like, I was like, you're not gonna put Gene Gray in S. S. It's oh. it's S tier because um, I don't know, man. She's how many? If you if you take her out of X Men. How many plot points do they have? Like, <laughs> like four. Like seriously, they have they have built so much around her. Her the whole comic is characters G. around her. Uh, Wolverine is like always had like super hot feelings for her, and uh, you know Cyclops is like tough. I'm Cyclops. I got I got red glasses. You're out, Wolverine. Um, <laughs> S tier. Plus, plus her name's so, Jean Grey because they're like Miss Marvel, Ms. Marvel, Phoenix. Nope, just. Put her back to Jean Grey. 
yeah, Jean Grey, and what a great character. Like, has been through so much, has done so much, has has been a, you know, on all sides of like the interest. Does so many interesting things with that character. Um, cool power set too. Uh, J- Jubilee. Hmm. Cool character, but like also really. She can lame. pull another card from the deck, which is cool. She has a little. She has a little dragon uh, friend that's actually a baby. Um, what's that? What's the name of that baby that she's carrying around a lot in the comics? Uh, and then it's like uh, actually a, a dragon. Uh, anyway, I forgot whatever. about that. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, what do we put her at? What do you guys? I think. Uh, I think she's. I think she's cooler than Cannonball. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think she is. I'm going to okay. be honest with you. All right, she's all right. Da- she's like Dazzler, but instead of like lasers that can like melt things, I think she's it's like firecrackers. I think, she's slight, I think she's slightly cooler than Dazzler, which is why I'm like, like I think she's fair. But C's I think, fine. oh man, all right. Uh, on the record as a D character. Oh. So then C is the balance between D and B. Yeah. All right, Kitty Pride, Eric. Oh, it's hard. Is it? Is it? Speaking of little how dragons, she, she carries around. Dragged, how much does she get dragged down by people being just creeps about her? Because I love, <laughs> I love um, the the. I have the poster on my wall of, of uh, uh, a Weezer of, in my garage. No, of, of Kitty the Kitty the Kitty Pride the Kitty Pride Wolverine. Uh, I thought you were. I cover. thought you were really doing that. Um, so a I, or S tier. It's A. It's A for me. It's. She's Have not... you guys ever read Astonishing X Men? It was in Joss Whedon, stand up character, by the way. Um, <laughs> when Joss Whedon wrote the X Men, because yeah. I've never liked Joss Whedon, and then he wrote an X Men arc, and a lot of it is like way out there and doesn't make sense, but his writing of Kitty Pride was like, okay, now I finally like Joss Whedon. And then he went and uh, turned into the, the crap master that we all thought he was. So. All right. But yeah, his, about, his great Kitty Pride arc. How about Legion? GF. <laughs> I, I mean, I I'll put him in D because it's it's not nice to make fun of mentally handicapped people. <laughs> the, um, okay, the okay the, that tells me it's F then. The, if the thing that's about, the only thing, I feel so, like it's I feel like it's discriminatory to not put him in F here at that point. I right? don't want I don't want to put him in F because the show on FX was real good, um, real mind bending and fun, but. It is like not an. He was here's the thing. He was Xavier's son. He's like, hey, you know, you got a big powers. You're definitely an X Man. And he's like, cool. Uh, did you know that I'm schizophrenic and uh, like paranoid <laughs> schizophrenic and homicidal and I can't control any of this stuff? And they're like, oh, nepotism. Yeah, he's got like a thousand, <laughs> yeah. he's got he's got like a thousand personalities. <laughs> it's uh, it's James McAvoy uh, in that yeah, one. I was like, congratulations. Okay. How do you feel about Caligula being an X Man? <laughs> um, magic. <laughs> Uh, magic's cool. I think magic is C tier. For me, magic is B and moving okay. up because magic was a character that was nothing. Like it was she just like Colossus. Seven turns. It was just Colossus's sister, and like didn't matter. But which like, is in, cool. But they they've kind of developed her in the last twenty years or whatever into being like a more like character they use more and a character. And she has a really cool big sword that that is um I'm I'm for it. She has a really interesting power, which was a really big plot point for the early New Mutants books. All right. Magneto, Eric. Magneto, B. Oh, I'm sorry, A. A. A tier. Um, as Now, here's the thing. I'm going off the character, not as an X-Man, because as an X-Man, he, he stepped in to be like, hey, I'm going to be a good guy because I want all good things for mutants. And then at some point, he was like, wait a second, wait a second. I, I Everything I said is true, but I still want to murder all of humanity. Um <laughs> So I don't know, like uh, as far as like a character goes, yeah, he's A or S, but as an X-Man, 
guys, what do you think? A A. Are we I ranking think, them as characters or as X Men? I feel like because I, we're having this question, it makes it right. Yeah, I don't think you could put him in S because he's not. He was not um, a full on X Men. Like he 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 left the X Men's. He he was he turned his back on the X Men's. He so, he really he's an X X Men. Yes, which I guess makes him super S. I don't know. <laughs> All right, uh, Morph. Morph is a character made up for the cartoon. Yes, and, and he mm-hmm. and he dies in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> and then and Wolverine's yeah. like, uh, Morph, I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, he's Morph. F. I, I, I specifically included Morph. He was one of my adventures in the night. He was one of my one of my choice. He was one of my choice characters because I wanted someone to get F. That's like literally why I put it why I put him in here. I was like, someone needs to get F. Who's a lame character that only appears in like like very little amount? Like Morph's not in hardly anything. They changed and, him. They put him in like that blink group, the Exiles. Uh, they were like hangs they were out like blink. We already have Mystique, but what if instead we had just like a different Mystique his, and his name will be Morph? <laughs> okay, anyway, <laughs> Multiple Man. Uh, pretty pretty interesting, cool character. Okay, so what the plot the last time I heard in the comics was that he got killed and one of his multiples is what's alive. Yes. Which is of like, he, he's like, uh, am I me? Like that's, that's kind of like a very X-Man thing to do. I would is he cooler than Cannonball? I don't know if he is. He's he's in the current he's in the current uh new new cycle the new Cyclops' new team. Uh I feel like C is about right. I feel like cool, he has the potential to go up. He did a cool thing in the comics where a bunch of his multiples human shield human shielded everyone and like saved him from Sentinel attack, which is pretty sweet. Um okay. Mystique. Uh just like slightly worse Magneto, right? Uh, yeah, I don't I feel like I, I don't was she in the X Men or did this yes. just? I I uh, looked it up. She was. She has been in the X Men. Um, I mean, I'd put her right there with Magneto. Her, her great a character. Or, a or B. You want to lower her a level or or not? I don't know. if She's a mother. <laughs> eh, that's mother stays in for a couple months. B. 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 All right. Nightcrawler. S. S. Nightcrawler. Dope. Coolest. One of the coolest mutants. Uh, he's super. Great he's, powers. He's super like gentle. Um, he's become a pastor in the comics, like just uh, just because he's like they wanted to actually represent a man of faith in the comics, and who better cool. to do it than Nightcrawler? Perfect. Um, he's also he sometimes carries a sword. Yeah, and he just looks cool. Um, he does. Uh, Professor X, Pro- more like Professor S. Am I right, Eric? Yeah, you got to, you got to. <laughs> uh, or I'm sorry, everything, uh, everything hinges on Xavier. Like you can't. When I was uh, eight years old, don't you mean Professor X Quaver? Oh boy, uh, <laughs> Psylocke. <laughs> Psylocke. All right, here's my, here's my beef with Psylocke. Um, she was Captain. She is Captain Britain's sister. Okay, and then there was this crossover, and all those of you that are not tuning out, I applaud you. Um, where they basically took. <laughs> other villains from other people's comics and matched them up. So Magneto attacked Captain America, Iron Man's villain, the Mandarin attacked the X-Men. And there was some really weird. And at the time I was like, this seems really not right and weird, but they put her psyche. Cause she's like a telepath, right? And somehow they moved her psyche into like this Asian woman. And yeah. so now she's like, she's still there. And I just kind of was like, why are they why are they doing this kind of it feels like it didn't feel racist but it felt very like this doesn't feel right as a kid 
And it still weirds me out. I'm like, why is this happening? She was a cool character. Very shoehorned. Yeah, it's I don't, it, I don't know. Especially in a especially in a comic where they have like new universes and like alternate yeah. timeline versions of people. Some all super the lazy time. diversity. Yes, and also I'm sorry, the X Men like my I hate pandering, and the reason why I love the X Men is because you had every like it was so diverse and it was so awesome. It made you care about every character. And they took this British character that I was like, oh, I wonder what they're gonna do with her. Who also had like a lot of backstory in the, the and British did like a weird and did like a weird body swap. So yeah, dear so was like, no, I don't. I, I love Psylocke. <laughs> I would have put so my personal like I think Psylocke is one of the coolest characters, powers like interesting characters that they've done a lot with. Um, I would have put her in A or B, but like I do think like she could have been S if they just would have like said this is alternate universe Psylocke instead of doing I a weird go, Mandarin uh, body swap. There was a time where Sabretooth attacked her in the X Mansion all alone. And she, uh, he's like, she was still like learning her powers and she held her own for a long time, uh, up until Wolverine came in at, uh, issue number 213, one of my all time favorite X-Men issues. Um, but, uh, that's, it's like a really scary issue. Wrong mutant favored. <laughs> Wrong mutant favored. Sabretooth is like, uh, he's so bad in the con, like the evil. He's, he's awful. Cool. Yes. Yeah. They, they, they like really did a good, like. Yeah. So scary. I, uh, I will, I will put Psylocke in B tier before the Mandarin came in. Quicksilver. Quicksilver's cool. And yes. like speed powers are always nice. Uh I don't know, like I just don't he he's like cannonball. He's not an X-Man. He's not an X-Man. That's that's my thing. Um I I, I just don't I don't know. I don't I don't I don't really see where he's an X-Man, Kevin. I mean, like you said, he is really cool. And he gets a shine at certain points in the movies, but like in the comics, and you can speak to that, like, it, does he really get to shine that way? Okay, so there's one cool arc where basically it's in X-Factor, because it's in X-Men, where he talks about, like, you know, you used to be a bad guy, you're still an asshole, like, what is your deal? And he gives this big speech about, he's like, go stare at a slug, watch a slug, watch a snail, watch it for three hours, Okay. Now go watch paint dry. And it's this whole big thing. And he's like, this is my every single day because he moves so fast and he wants to move fast that he can't. And so he has to be around all these people that are slowing his life down. Yeah. So do you want to go see? I think it's C. Okay. I I think it's C. I think Nathan will put him at a C too. Um, Yeah. I'm happy moving him to C. All right. So, um, Who's next on this list? Uh, next up is Rogue. Uh, oh, I mean, Rogue's... all right. So I love the uh, the whole absorption angle and the perma powers thing with Rogue has always yes. been one of my favorites. Uh, so uh, and she I can't touch anybody, Kevin. She can't control it. And so for for me, Rogue is Rogue is S tier. I think Rogue is so quintessential to storylines and such a such an interesting character um, that I would put her at S. But I can see an uh, argument as long as I would definitely put her in A. If you want to put her in S, I'm fine with it. As I'm, long as I'm, I'm in. I'm in for A because uh, A A is really strong for us right now. Beast, Gambit, yeah. Kitty, uh, Magneto, Rogue. I do think Rogue is the best A tier character though. And, don't, uh, as long as you about, don't put the movie version in. About Quicksilver, by the way, he has one of the best scenes in cinematic history or like superhero movies, like one of the. But that is about it. About it. I would have put him in D, just so you guys know. Uh, all right, Shatterstar. Uh, speaking of D or F characters. <laughs> yeah. 
why was this in why was this in the top like 30 uh someone meant to write long shot and they didn't they were like i really like shatterstar in transformers <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah moving like, on i liked i liked shatterstar in deadpool too yeah and he uh he lasted about as long it's... yeah that's that's that that's uh that's was he worse than morph no nobody's okay. in the same tier I'm gonna no, put because him in, he's got a giant ponytail. I'm gonna put him in D for now. I like, I kind of I, I, I kind of like the, the idea. Ponytail of puts Morph him down. Stands <laughs> I was, was going right. say, don't listen too closely. Storm, S tier, S plus, S plus. What's above that? You know what happens to an original X Men that is on the list going on right now? The same thing that happens to all the other original X Men. <laughs> I mean, it, it is true though. They they kind of hit all the bangers right out the gate, and then they yeah. added some characters that I think are close, but have, they've never been able to match like. Also, I knew who Storm was when I was a kid. When I before I started reading X Men, like actually picking it up and like reading it every month. And when the first issue I picked up was issue two hundred six, but I, and Storm didn't have powers. Yeah, Storm didn't like, come in till the till Giant Size, right? Yeah, she was but, one of the uh, Giant Size characters. She, when I picked it up, she had a mohawk. She had like a shaved head mohawk and no powers, and she was leader of the X Men, and that's how awesome Storm is. Yeah, Storm Storm is cool. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go to uh, Sunfire. I wanted to put Sunfire in here for Japanese diversity. Uh, he is arrogant. He's basically the Human Torch, but with a dope ass mask and costume, and he is probably a D character. Yeah, he's he stinks. Uh, like, it's a not... small size commuter vehicle made by Pontiac in the early night. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> he he absorbs the power of the sun and turns it into D. plasma. Like it's just not that. It's I don't know. It's it's okay. He's just a fire guy. He's a fire guy. What about Sunspot then? Uh, Sunspot Better. is I uh, Sunspot's C tier. He's like he's like havoc, but um can't shoot anything out. He's just uh I don't know. He's super strong. Pretty cool. Interesting power. I like that everyone calls him Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Bobby DaCosta. Uh, it's like a it's like a I don't know. It sounds like a guy who'd say forget about it. I, I would you guys say <laughs> D or C? C C. It's fine. Okay, Warpath. Uh, Warpath is a C or D. Probably D. I think D as well. Yeah, uh, pretty, pretty uh, big angry are, guy. Some of these are pretty boring. white queen. The white, white queen Emma Frost. Emma Frost. Uh, I put her in B tier. Um, pretty interesting. Also, uh, like a Deus Ex Machina. Um, also, like yeah. it flirts with the villain with the villain hero line a lot, which some of the more interesting X Men stuff comes from that. She's ultimately yeah, super self. That's like a necessary role in X Men. She's not like a bad guy per se. She's just very self serving and self interest. So yeah. Wolverine, guy. S tier. Yes, this is kind of has to be. Okay, and then uh, X twenty three. A, I think X twenty three is pretty Oof. sweet. Oof. No, you're you're yeah. out on X twenty three. I'm out on X twenty three. That's why I didn't say anything. But I A tier. I don't know about A tier. I don't know X twenty X twenty three. I think she should be in a tier, but not <laughs> A tier. Okay. Okay, of the characters given. since 2010, like, is there any character they've introduced like that you like more than that? Like, okay, since 2010, we got like Multiple Man, Wolf Spain, uh, Legion. These are, these are all characters from the 80s. <laughs> no, no, I'm looking at when they joined the X Men though. Like, oh, well, okay. Joined the X Men recently. Like, what are there any like? And then X23 was her first appearance was 2000. Uh, first comic was 2003. Uh, yeah so like these are all characters that are more recently in the x-men like i don't know i feel like these characters are 
Like the new mutants kind of th- that have now joined the X-Men because they're not doing new mutants anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they've been around for 40 years. Maybe they shouldn't be new anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now they should just be in the X-Men. If you haven't before... mutant them, they're new to you. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like they retreaded Wolverine, but gave her a toe claw and we're like, hey, uh, she's going to be just a, 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 like a small. That is the wolf, thing that like kind of drags her down for me is that it is just kind of a Wolverine retread um, when All they've right. done yeah. Wolverine retread so many times. But I can yeah. see going up to B tier. So like, I feel like they're giving her characters well, interesting things to do. Is she cooler than Cannonball? Probably because she has a toe claw. Okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so S tier was Colossus, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, Professor X, Storm, Wolverine. A tier was Beast, Gambit, Kitty Pride, Magneto, Rogue. I think there's a big drop off for us after the A tier, by the way. Then it goes Blink, Cable, Deadpool, Havoc, Magic, Mystique, Psylocke, White Queen, X23. Then C was Banshee, Cannonball, Dazzler, Iceman, Jubilee, Multiple Man, Quicksilver, Sunspot. D was Angel, Domino, Legion, Shatterstar, Sunfire, Warpath, and F is Morph. How many X-Men movies do you think we get from this point forward, Eric? Um, wait, so Marvel has the rights now, right? Correct. I mean, honestly, we I think we'll probably reboot? get one of the next. Yeah, we need to go full reboot and stop, stop, like, follow the comics. Make the first X-Men movie or make an X-Men show where it's Professor X in the original five, okay? It's it's a great setup, and you follow the 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 thing that like Batman and all the other yes, movies use comic right plots. The comic, it turns out the comic plots that people like are good because well, that's why people like them. And Batman, like Joker doesn't show up in the first movie anymore because it's like, let's save the next awesome thing for the Correct. sequel. Hence Wolverine. Don't just be like, Hey, Wolverine's an X-Men right away now. No, it doesn't make sense. Like, you could put him in as a cameo. Not to, or make... not to put Storm or Wolverine in the first movie. You can just put him in the credits, and then everyone's going to go, oh, Storm will be in the next yeah. movie. I got to see the next movie. You can yeah. make a cool movie and be like, hey, here's Angel, and here's why he sucks. Professor X wheels out <laughs> into their place and recruits them. Exactly. I, I want Professor X on legs at the beginning. That's my that's – my, uh, I favorite. don't. I want him in a wheelchair and for him from, to be from... mad that they haven't made a wheelchair ramp somewhere. <laughs> and so he uses his mind powers – to, to force them to build a ramp. Exactly. That's what that's what he should be doing. Right. Mutant right. kind, help people who with disabilities. Professor X, what are you doing? All right. Well, uh, Morph stood alone in the F in the F tier, just like Morph stood alone in the F tier of my heart in that velvet uh, buzz. buzz I can't believe movie. you killed. You put my favorite best friend in F tier. <laughs> I'm so sad about it. All right. Well, for Eric, who's buying this 1.8 grade, that's the uh, picture Wolverine was giant size, was giant size X Men. <laughs> He's buying this 1.8 giant size X-Men as we speak. For Eric, for Kevin, we will see you next week. Go Hawks.